Hi, my name's Karen O'Connor and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I want to say this right, this isn't a political post. Although what I'm going to talk about is politicians and one politician in particular. But this isn't about his policies or his political beliefs or any of that kind of thing. This is about my own personal values and what is important to me and what the results are of, I can't even say results, how this particular politician is impacting my world and my belief system and my view of the world and understanding of people. And the one I'm talking about quite obviously right now with everything that's going on is Donald Trump. I've never liked the guy personally. I couldn't stand watching him when he was on The Apprentice. I've read quite a few of his books. I don't like his whole personality. I don't like his ethics, which in my world are just non-existent. It's all about him and his own game. And I don't like who he is and what he stands for. He is a misogynist. He's really narcissistic. He just runs on ego. He doesn't care what kind of attention he gets as long as he gets attention. And I find that really disturbing. And following on from that, what I find even more disturbing is that he got voted in for president and he'll probably get voted in again. And it's really changing my perception of who American people are. I don't understand why you'd vote for somebody who quite obviously tells lies, who quite obviously has made money from not paying other people. And I say that, just go look at his his past business history. And I'm going to apologize right now if you like the guy. Personally, I can't stand him. I just don't want anything to do with him. I don't believe he is looking after anybody's interests except his own. That's my personal belief. I also think like at the same time, I've got to stand back and admire him because he is really great at manipulating people on a massive scale. He's Teflon coated. Nothing sticks to the guy like fair play at whatever he's doing because he's getting away with an awful lot of stuff. What really irks me is that he's telling outright lies. And I find that quite offensive. He made a comment yesterday that America is doing better than the rest of the world in terms of, I can't remember whether it was testing people or the number of deaths or whatever with the, he's doing, America are doing better than the rest of the world with the possible exception of Germany. If you look at the figures, you can see that that's blatantly not true. His basis for that claim was that America's got a bigger population. If you look at it per capita or per thousand people, America's not doing that well. It's like two thirds of the way down the list. And most of the countries below America are actually countries like the Sudan and Ethiopia and Myanmar, those kind of countries. My daughter came out with a comment this morning and she said she was reading something and it said that one of the big realizations that's come out of coronavirus is that America is a third world country dressed in Gucci. And for me, that just kind of summed it up. And again, I don't want to offend anybody. I kind of, 
I just, it's really actually upsetting me that this is happening in a country that puts out all of this media and jargon and advertising about how great they are. Make America great again. America is the best. And the rest of the world is busy trying to emulate America. Whereas in actual fact, most of what America stands for is certainly not how I want my future to look. That's for sure. I don't want this massive difference between have and have nots. And let me say right here, when I vote, it is generally for the business side of things. I don't vote what we call Labour over here or Labour in the UK because, oh, look, there's various reasons. The main one is I believe in helping people help themselves. And I don't believe that most of what the Labour Party stands for does that. I think it's all about handing things out rather than teaching people to help themselves. I don't like the two-party politics because it doesn't actually give you any options. It doesn't take into account any kind of middle ground. And I find that really difficult to deal with. So when I'm voting, I'm left with the option of voting for who I disagree with the least, which isn't what our voting system was intended to be all about, but that's how it's ended up. And then it also boils down to personal likes and dislikes. We had a prime minister a couple of elections ago, Tony Abbott. I just would not vote for him in a million years. I do not like the guy. So that was it. I'm not going to vote for a party who puts that person in power. In the States, obviously, they've got a different system. So that's a different experience again. But I'm just, I've got to say it, I'm so disappointed in America and Americans. I'm really bitterly disappointed and I just wanted to get that out there because it's in my face. Honestly, it's just on my mind and it's a growing thing. I've realised as I've been doing these podcasts, it's one of the things I like to say is I find it fascinating or it's really interesting. And I find myself catching myself and trying not to say it. But that is how I go through life. I go through life going, oh my goodness, that's so interesting. Oh my God, that's fascinating. One of the things I love to do is put the pieces together, fit a jigsaw puzzle together, listen to what's going on for people and put a jigsaw puzzle together. And I love to do it on myself as well. And this last 12 months, and in particular this year, has been really interesting. It's been absolutely fascinating the way it's going. Here I go again. This is so interesting. I've realised that if I was to put a label on this year or give this year a word for my experience of it this this year as in 2020 I'm talking about here it would be connection which is really quite interesting because we're all in isolation now but I actually feel more connected to more people than I have done in a very long time I'm the kind of person who has a few very close friends I know a lot of people but there's this massive gap between all the people that I know and I love connecting people as well. So I've got all this collection of people that I kind of know and they're all like further than arm's length away. And then I have my close little group of friends and I might not talk to them all the time, but I know they're always there. That's my kind of personality. And this year I, 
I think because I knew that I was going to be going into hospital and I knew that I was going to have a big recovery period and I knew from the last time I had this kind of operation that it really takes a toll on me. So I wanted to set myself up so that I wasn't isolated and I didn't have the opportunity to be in my head and get all soaked up in that oh my gosh poor me I hate this and I can't exercise I can't do this I wanted to make sure that I had the structures in place that I didn't need to do that in February for the first two weeks in February I went into a hospital to do a persistent pain management program and it was really cool I met the most amazing people there and it was fabulous because they could relate to what I was going to go through and I could for the first time got a listening as to the limitations that I'd placed on my life through this having the pelvic mesh and not being able to do stuff and I also realized how lucky I'd been in that I have the ability to just friggin in north I can't even say it I have the ability to just friggin ignore stuff and get on with life I don't want to have this limit me in such a way so I simply avoid certain activities so that I don't feel like I'm restricted or limited and I also understood how much I ignored this low level pain that was going on in the background I wanted to keep in touch with these women because I think I understand the mental strain that being in constant pain or not being able to do certain things can place on you and I also feel as I'm talking right now I kind of feel like I'm really playing up what I had because in my world I didn't have that many complications I didn't have much pain I didn't have many things from the mesh it didn't impact my life like these other women have had their lives impacted by whatever condition they've got could be fibromyalgia or severe migraines or severe spinal injuries I don't have that kind of thing and there's a, there's a real comparison there I cannot put myself in the same league as those women are and I get that there's a bit of comparison and judgment going on there and, and a bit of playing down because it's me I just dealt with it and I'm very fortunate that I could deal with it because the pain wasn't that bad and mentally that's kind of the way I do things I wanted to keep in touch with these women and create an opportunity for us all to get together and make sure we're all okay and then lockdown happened so it was even it became even more important because then we're all really isolated and I know that people who are in pain or have some kind of I don't want to say disability but maybe that is it some kind of physical or emotional thing that keeps us apart from other people we want to hide it pain and grief and sadness isn't something that I feel that we can get out into society we want to hide it just think of if somebody is told some bad news the first thing we say if you have to give the bad news you know it's like oh do you want five minutes by yourself we want them to deal with the pain alone we don't like to see people in pain and that's completely understandable I don't want to see anybody in pain and particularly not somebody that I really care about but dealing with the pain by yourself isn't the best way of doing it you actually need to reach out and I'm saying you because I know this from personal experience you have to reach out and you have to share it and that is 
this connection that I'm talking about, that's what I want to continue and create. And it's interesting that at the same time as all this was going on, I also started a podcast so that I can share stories, people's stories. And one of the first things I said was that I know all these people who have these amazing stories and they're not being told. And it's important to tell them not to necessarily inspire anybody or move anybody's lives forward or teach anybody anything, but just simply to share so that even if just one person who's listening in can go, you know what? That's exactly how I feel. Or you know what? I'm so glad I heard that because it just makes me feel great to know that somebody else has experienced it and I'm not feeling alone. And that honestly is the sole purpose of all this is just to connect with people and relate stories and share experiences. It's about sharing. One of the things that I have noticed in that is that it's great for other people to share stories. Other people's stories are really amazing, but I find it really difficult to share my own story because it all happened to me and it's not really that interesting because it happened to me. I have no problem in interviewing somebody else because I find whatever has happened to them really, really fascinating. But I don't think that stuff that happens to me is fascinating. And I'd be curious to know how many other people feel that way. How many other people just downplay what goes on for them and what happens to them because it's just happening to them. And that's just ordinary, it's everyday life. And the other thing that goes on for me is that I don't want to feel like I'm bragging or I'm blowing my own trumpet. I don't want to be like Donald Trump. I don't want to be that narcissistic, egocentric person who just talks about themselves. That's my big fear when I do this. And I find it really difficult sometimes to just start talking. I just can't talk. I've got nothing to say. I switch that recording on. I press the button. The red light comes on and my mind goes completely blank. I have zero to say. It's the best meditation ever. Seriously, try it. You want to meditate? You want to clear your mind? Press that red button for record and start trying to tell somebody what's on your mind. Clears your mind faster than anything else I've ever come across. One of the other things that's come out of the last few months, maybe, or maybe it's not come out of it. One of the other things I've noticed in the last few months is that I just feel a lot calmer. I've lived my whole life pretty much running on adrenaline. I'm what people would call a pusher. I just push through everything. I just grit my teeth and I get on with it. Head down, bum up, keep going, no excuses. And I use the excuse of I've got four children. I had to do that and I was running businesses and we had this big house and blah, blah, blah. Lots and lots of excuses. But the fact of the matter is that was the only way I knew how to live my life. When I went into hospital for the persistent pain management program, that pattern was broken. We had fairly full days, but it was a mindset session in the morning or an education session in the morning, an education session in the afternoon. And then we'd have some kind of physical, whether it was exercise or an appointment with the physio or the Feldenkrais practitioner. And that was all we did every day. We also, we had obviously set meal times because it was a hospital. And then in the evening, we'd do meditation. It kind of broke the pattern for me in the constant doing and the constant running. 
It's really interesting. And that evening meditation, it was just a 10 minute meditation. And then whoever was around, and usually there was just three of us, we'd sit there and talk quite often for three or four hours after we'd finished the meditation. It was a lovely way to spend the evening. That really got me present to the value that is inherent in connections. God, that sounds really pompous. That really got me present to how much I enjoy being connected with people, how much I value friendships. And when I came out of there, so I was out of the pain management program for two weeks and then I went into hospital for my operation. And the last time I had an operation like this, so I've had three operations to try to get the mesh out. And this last operation, which was the longest operation, they actually managed to remove all the mesh. The last one that I had, I remember that year as being one of the most horrible years of my entire life. I couldn't do anything. I was so restricted. I didn't understand at the time the impact that not doing exercise would have on me emotionally and mentally. I didn't understand how isolated and useless I'd feel in having to spend 12 months in recovery. This operation isn't going to be that much different in terms of the recovery period. It's a little bit less onerous than the other one, but honestly, not very much. But I knew what I was going into, and so I wanted to set myself up more powerfully. I knew that when I came out of hospital, I was going to just be as crook as for several weeks, and I was going to be okay with that. So I set myself up a bed. We actually have a couple of chairs that turn into sofa beds. So I set one of the sofa beds up. Oh, I didn't. I got my husband to do it. And I just lay in front of the telly and dozed. And I was okay doing that. I had phone calls every day, several phone calls a day. So I was talking to people. It might only be for 15 minutes because when I first came out of the operation for about two weeks, that was all I could do. I could do 15 minute phone calls and then I'd had it for a couple of hours. But at least I was talking to people. At least I got the love and the care from everybody else rather than before it felt like hard work. I had to do this. Oh my God, somebody else is calling. I've got to talk to them. This time I gave myself permission to, if I didn't want to talk, I'd just tell people that I didn't want to talk. And that made such a difference to my whole experience of it. It's like, I'm really sorry, I just don't feel like it. Can we talk tomorrow or can I call you back later? I've never been able to do that before. Everybody was okay with it and I was okay with it. It was just completely different. And then even not being able to exercise or do things. Well, I was in theatre for five hours. I was in hospital for a week. It's going to take a fair while for me to start doing things again. And I've, I've, oh, I found out the most interesting thing the other day. I've wondered for my entire life whether I have this disorder that's called oppositional defiant disorder. Basically, when somebody tells you to do something, your immediate response is, no, I'm not doing that. And you do something else. So when the doctors have told me in the past, this is what you need to do, my immediate response is, no, nah, I'm going to do it my way. You've told me to do that. I'm going to do it a different way. I remember years ago doing a personal development course. We were doing this meditation and they said, OK, picture this. All these fire officers run into the room and they say, you've got to get out of the room now. What is your immediate response that comes up? And my immediate response was, don't you tell me what to do. This time, my response 
to the doctors saying it's going to take you probably this long to recover and then you're going to have to build it up my response is okay I'll just feel what feels right for my body if it hurts to do something then I'm going to stop if I don't feel well then I'm going to stop if I feel like lying on the lounge for a day and watching telly I can't tell you how many great British Bake Off series I've watched so far But if I want to lie in front of the telly for a day, then I give myself permission to lie in front of the telly for a day. That's that's what I need to do right now. There's nothing wrong with that. Whereas before, I've never been able to do that. So I was like, oh my gosh, I should be doing the cleaning. I should wash those sheets. I should be doing something on the computer. I should get a blog post out. Oh my goodness, I haven't recorded anything in weeks. Oh, I've got a phone call with that person. I better get something prepared. There was all of these shoulds in the way as opposed to just like chilling and going with the flow. One thing that's really interesting is that when I was crooked last time, when I came out of the operation last time, I was petrified of putting on weight because I couldn't exercise. This time it's not phased me. I've eaten what I normally eat and put on zero weight. And I've not obviously not been doing the exercise. I'm just starting to walk a bit now. I think the first time I got up to my 10,000 steps was a week ago. And I've done it twice since. A week and a half ago and I've done it twice since. (laughs) But I do notice that when I do do that many steps at the moment, quite often I'm laid up for a couple of days afterwards. So maybe that's a bit of a learning curve for me. But it's getting a bit more often. It's just been fascinating to notice the freedom that I'm getting around a few different things. And honestly, I think the pivotal point was going into hospital for the persistent pain management program because that made a few things kind of coalesce. We did a lot of mindset and personal development work. And I've done a lot over the years of the personal development work, don't get me wrong. But for some reason, maybe I was just ready for that one. And that one made a difference. The other thing that's coming up for me with regards to... I'm changing topics completely here, right? But the other thing that's coming up for me with regards to the lockdown and everything is... I'm hesitating here because I don't want to sound sanctimonious or preachy, right? This is what I'm noticing and this is what works for me. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to talk about what works for me, right? This does not apply to anybody else. But it's also an extension of what I was talking about in terms of accepting things and the freedom to choose. I'm really fortunate in that I don't mind change. I do get antsy when we're going through change and sometimes I have a major meltdown but I love the idea of change and growth and I feel so much better when I do change. I know that. I think because I've changed things around so much. We move house, I change jobs, I change what I'm doing, whatever happens. I like the idea of change and then I'll make myself go through it. But I've done it enough times now that I know things always work out well in the end. Might be a long end or it might be a short end. But in the end, things always work out for the better with change. But then I also do the no regrets thing. I don't look back and wish I'd done something different or wonder about the what ifs. I just get on with it. That's the path I chose and learn some lessons if you need to, but get on with it. In what we're going through right now, 
in terms of the change and the upset and everything that everybody is going through, having changed my life so many times, for me, this whole thing just occurs as a massive opportunity. The world was going along in a way that didn't work for a lot of people. I mean, this goes right back to what I started with. The haves and the have-nots in America and the whole ethos about it all being about one single person rather than the community and about supporting people. It's as though the universe has just pressed the reboot button. Here you go. Stop. You're not paying attention. You're not taking care of the environment. You're not taking care of your people. You're doing the wrong things. Pay attention to what it is you really want. Stop just living your life and go, go, go and should. I should be doing this. I've got to go to work to earn money and everything else that I really care about is going by the wayside. Stop all that and get back to and present to what is really important to you. This is the point where I feel like I'm starting to lecture now. This, but this is just, I'm not telling anybody what to think. This is just what I think. This is how it occurs for me. It feels like a reboot on the world. And we now have the opportunity to create something different and really recreate our lives so they look like we want them to. I was talking to a friend yesterday and she's having to work from home. And she said she's got more work done from home and she loves it because the family's spending time together. They're not running here, there and everywhere doing all the after school and extracurricular and sporting activities or all the committees that she's involved in or anything. They're just together. She said she's quite happy. She'd much rather it was that way than it was the way before. How many other people are realizing that? And I get that people are in pain, they're in uncertainty and we don't know what's going to happen. And I get that, been there, done that, I know it, I know all that. But for me, what's important in this kind of time is about focusing on what I do want. I've got to figure out what I do want and I put my energy into what I do want, not what I don't want. I don't want Friggin' Donald Trump back in power. I don't want that. I'm just going to ignore him. He's not in my universe right now. I can't stand the guy. I don't want him in my life. He might still be president. That doesn't make a difference to me personally. It just means, and oh, I've only just got presence of this. It just means that there's a real sorrow for me and a real grief and a disappointment that America isn't what I thought it was, isn't what I believed it to be. That's what's going on for me. I've only just figured that out. Okay, so there's just an upset and a grief there about that. The upset's gone. I'm just really sad that that's what America really is. So that's it. Don't need to think about it anymore. That's cool. I want to focus on what I want it to look like. I want it to look more I suppose this is all about my values. I value kindness and generosity and growth and learning and compassion and love and development. And oh, one of the other things is understanding and getting into other people's worlds, understanding where they're coming from. But that's kind of not it. It's the love, fun and compassion, I think. That's what I want to create in the future. And abundance, for heaven's sake. We have this world, we can all be in abundance when we choose to be. And I'll tell you right now, I know any number of people who don't want to live in abundance, they would much rather whinge about it. That's fine. The opportunity 
can be there for people to live how they want to live without it negatively impacting other people. I think that's what I want to say. And this is something that quite obviously I'm not that clear on just yet. I suppose I'm just saying I'm just going to focus on what's important to me, on what I do want, not on all that negative stuff. I feel so much better for talking about and getting all that negative stuff off my chest. It's out of my space now. I want to share and I want to connect and I want to have a lot of fun while I'm doing it. That's what I'm creating. And I'd love to actually hear what everybody else is creating too. Love to hear that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Don't forget that all the links and information that we've spoken about in this podcast is available on the podcast page of my website. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.